When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. What's up? We're back at Draft Vice, and I've got a good old friend, Shane. What's up, everyone? And uh, today, I mean, uh, you guys must miss this guy. We had to get a hot guy on the podcast, right? We can't have 30 gingers on the podcast. Uh-huh. You have to, like, change the opacity on your computer. So I got I got a good-looking guy, a little bit less, you know, not ginger and also, you know, not as white, just, like, slightly less white, like 1% less white. So, uh, yeah, we have him on today. We're talking about the Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, also, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow it at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. And you can follow Shane at... Uh, uh, the underscore Shane underscore MCM on uh, Instagram. Same thing on Twitter. And you follow me at Brojo Death Punch. So, uh, yeah, man. Also, there's been some, uh, like, news, right? So we're talking about the, these teams. Uh, Prince of Mukamara and Taylor Gabriel just got released. From the Bears. From the Bears. That's right. They, we should probably remind everybody they're on the Bears, or were on the well, Bears. Yep. Now they're free agents. And they signed Demetrius Harris, the tight end from, uh, well, he was on Cleveland and, and Kansas City Chiefs. Well, all right, their tight end situation's not totally set either, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll start out with the Bears since we had some information on the Bears. Um, the Bears, it's kind of a weird situation. Right? They don't have a first-round pick. They uh, they kind of underperformed last year. Trubisky doesn't look like he's taken a step forward. Uh, although he, he played a little bit better towards the end of the year. Yeah, I think that was more and so of scheme. And, like, there is offensive talent on yeah. there. Well, like Anthony Miller showed up a little bit more towards the end. Uh, Allen Robinson. Oh, my God. Allen Robinson, towards the end of this year, started looking like Allen Robinson of old. Right. Like, he looked like he had the zip that he needed to. Like, last year, he looked like he was coming off the ACL. Didn't look like the the guy that we always liked watching. He now looks like Allen Robinson. Problem is, he's got Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. After he had Blake Bortles throwing him the ball in Jacksonville. Dude, he's just going like, yeah. to be like, look at all my – bad quarterbacks i've got to work with now all of a sudden he's gonna hopefully he gets somebody who's moderately okay like maybe like who like who so here's the real question they're clearly not going to fully move on from trubisky what do you think the idea is they're going to go with the quarterback are they going to do like uh you know pick up a mariota he i mean in terms of like because every other free agent quarterback is somebody that i think could start right away at a franchise yeah so Mariota's the only one who's kind of on the fence because if they get dalton and don't start dalton you know like why'd you trade for him right they're not you know you're not going to trade for cam newton without starting cam newton so i don't i don't know they're such a weird team you know i think the reason they're sticking with trubisky so much is because their gm ryan pace i think he drafted him second overall, so it's like, you know, his ego won't allow him to admit his fault. Yeah, know? and also, I get so that's the thing. That's Arizona, we saw Arizona. You don't have to make a commitment to a quarterback when you draft him in the first round. So this is somebody sticking with somebody that, hey, like, this is our guy. And I get the idea of wanting to see it through, but this is where the benefit of getting a guy like Mariota comes in, right? A guy who actually kind of fits that offense really well. Like, right. I would like to see him with Matt Nagy. Maybe you'd see him take a step forward with, like, a, a true, like, kind of, well, like, because Nagy also kind of covered up a lot of the warts with Trubisky. Right. Like, a year ago and then this year when they realized, like, oh, we have to do certain things with Trubisky. They also got, they got rid of their offensive coordinator, who was actually uh, Mariota's second coach in college from Oregon uh they just fired him though so I don't know who I don't know who their new OC is off the top of my head yeah I don't know if they've hired I, I but don't it, it doesn't really is. matter because the offensive coordinator there is kind of more like just a quality control guy because they're not calling plays yeah you know? it's Matt You're Nagy like, calling plays oh they did hire Filippo to be the QB coach right but he's been kind of he's been a good QB coach he yeah. hasn't really been He's been kind of hit or miss with being an OC. Yeah. He um fired from Minnesota, fired from Jacksonville. Jack- I, I, Jacksonville, he went he went through kind of like a plague. Yeah, there with you have injuries. Nick Foles, and then you had Gardner Minshew, who actually, you know, again, like I know you're the big Minshew fan. I'm, I love Minshew, and, and I'm actually uh, I'm a big fan of him as well, although not as big as Shane is. Shane has the the T-shirt and everything, and he even grew the mustache out at one point. Tried to. And uh, so we saw what he did with Minshew. I think the problem was is they, they got off of Minshew, then they brought him back. Jacksonville was a mess no matter what they were doing last year. But I thought Filippo did okay as an OC for them. So I think this is another step to, hey, you know what, at least I'm going to refurbish a little bit of my career. I could stay in the NFL. 
and become a QB coach. And he's done well as a QB coach. We saw him be good when he was with Philadelphia. We saw what he did with Minshew. So he wasn't bad in Cleveland either when he was there. Exactly. Sometimes being an OC is a little bit different. I mean, it's a lot different. You're planning the, you're making the play calls. You're you're looking at the game situation. When you're the QB coach, you know you're working on footwork and. Uh, pass, you know, and, and passing and reading the scheme. Although they do a lot of times have input into line checks, um, uh, blocking shifts, you know, things like that. That's what quarterback coaches go over, and that's a lot of what Trubisky has struggled with. Yeah, because he looks at his primary read too much. He has a hard time reading defenses. He has a hard time changing blocks at the line. You know, I don't. You know, they, they really didn't give him a lot of control at the line. You know, they didn't give him much to check to because he has such a difficult time reading that. And that's something that comes from coaching and experience, which he's had bad of one and not a lot of the other. So, yeah. So I, I think with the Trubisky thing, they got to kind of figure out what they're doing with him. Hopefully, Filippo helps him take a step forward. Another one who, again, like uh, talking about different quarterbacks, again, like you were saying, all the other ones that you have options outside of Mariota, you're right. They, they're harder to. You know, if you're picking them, you're sticking with them, and you want to play them. So it's that you're basically that's your like this is the we've already aborted on you, right? Um, it's so, so coincidental too because if they do bring in somebody, because one knock that Tennessee always got when Mariota was a starter, they never brought in a competent backup to push him in practice, which they thought he needed. And when they brought in Tannehill, Tannehill had the job I think uh, by halftime of week six. So it's almost like whoever they bring in to Chicago, if it's a competent quarterback, you know, it's going to create a controversy right away, especially if Trubisky starts playing subpar again. Also, Mariota, uh, not not to you know, he's take to forget the knocks on him. So he's actually a really big leader in that. When he was on the Tennessee Titans, he was a big leader in that locker room. Even after uh, they had the loss in the playoffs, he went up to Tannehill and said, "Like, man, you're going to be back here again. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you you still got this." So. For somebody who lost their job to somebody and go up to somebody and be like, you know what, man, like, and saw that person lose a playoff game and be like, dude, you still got it. You'll be back here. Don't worry about all it. Right, he'd been that doing shows it, great leadership. The, the, all season long, they were saying he would come like he would help Tannehill watch tape. He, they would break down the defenses together, do whatever he could for him. Uh, he, he's actually credited with how well he mimicked Lamar Jackson in practice leading up to the Ravens game where they upset them in the divisional round. So he's he's got – it's just the, the system never fit him. Uh, the coaching – there was no continuity for him, uh, you know, different OC or a quarterback's coach or even a head coach every year. Uh, by the time they got him receiving talent, the offensive line regressed. It was injury-plagued. It was just one of those times – like. You know, some things just aren't meant to work, you know, like like relationships, really. So uh, you just you I think know. he would be a great fit there in Chicago could probably use somebody like him. And I actually would love to see him with Nagy. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because he, he does fit the Andy Reid kind of, you know, I, I would like to see him with a lot of different coaches. McVeigh, Belichick, obviously, because McDaniel's scheme fits him. But I think, yeah, Chicago's a good fit. I don't know if he wants to go to the cold weather. Yeah. And uh, a little under the radar story about him because he doesn't publicly address it but his dad's really sick so and of course he's from hawaii so he's trying to get back closer to home but so off topic but it's somewhat related to is also from hawaii and they just kind of had a comment about uh uh, not pr- preferring not to be in Detroit if Detroit was to pick him. Yeah, his family doesn't want him to go there. It makes sense. Again, another you know somebody who you know you're close to somebody. You don't want to be in the middle of you know the NFC North, which is a, m- a much further flight. You're not used to that weather. You're probably not a big fan of it. So if he was want he did want to have his family nearby or bring them in. It depends on how committed you are and how many other opportunities you have as far as both Mariota and Tua. Well, I mean, not only that, but like this is definitely off topic, but. Miami, however bad their record may have been last year, yeah, it's still clear this is a team that is intent on winning and setting up for. And winning. they improved a lot, like yeah. what five wins with that roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, Brian Flores, man, that guy deserved Coach of the Year from that shit. And then they have all these assets. I yeah, we we we'll, we'll save another episode for all we could do on Miami. And then Detroit, clearly, like that 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 team's a mess. Like, yeah, it they, looks like a lame duck situation over there. Back to the Bears, though, because um, they're kind of following in the same footprint. This is a team that has so much they need to fix Ooh. yet they also want to they're also like in a win now type mode too and it's like you can't be in rebuild and win now yeah like, giants made that mistake a few years ago I, literally all the way up till now even um 
that's a team that everybody was expecting the defense to bounce back and be the same as it was before. They had Khalil Mack, they had Akeem Hicks, they had Leonard Floyd, but they lost a major piece, which was Vic Fangio, and they had injuries, right? That's I think this is that's the other thing. I think offensively, if they figure out the quarterback situation, they're relatively good. A lot of good receivers. Um, even though they got rid of Taylor Gabriel, they still have uh, Anthony Miller. They have Allen Robinson. The O-line's been kind of – it wasn't great last year. It was better the year before. Just lost long as well. And, um, yes, he retired. And now we also have uh, – I, I kind of like the running back there. Um, Montgomery Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, I like both those guys. Cohen's just a, a, he's a, like a little joystick. You just go ahead and throw him out in the out of the backfield. They've run him out of the slot before. I think that's kind of why they felt okay getting rid of Taylor Gabriel. Montgomery, like I know they got rid of Jordan Howard and they brought in Montgomery because they thought he felt fit the scheme a little bit more. He failed to meet expectations. Though. Yeah, and I think part of that was the offensive line. Um, I, I, again, they took a step back. Well, not just that, but it's like the quarterback was Mitchell Trubisky, so they would stack the box and they say, "Okay, beat us with your arm." You yeah, know? and. And they weren't, again, they weren't utilizing Trubisky the way, and also we saw at the end of the year, Montgomery did have some good games. So, uh, with well, that Trubisky, was when the passing game picked up too a little bit. Yeah. So when they were like, we're going to run, they did a lot more uh, eye formation. They, uh, I just remember watching some of those games. Like, wow, they decided to start running Montgomery a lot. And they, like, I remember watching one game. They were down at the red zone. They couldn't get it in for like half the game. They would be down in the red zone. They'd be running out of the shotgun. They'd be doing all this. And this is the one thing I think I, I kind of like with Nagy. He adapted halfway through the game. He's like, oh, let's run out of the I formation, right? And they ran out of the I formation at, at the goal line. They got it in the end zone because, oh, we were blocking everybody. And, oh, you know, we're not the worst run blockers in the world. So, and it depends. Everything's scheme-specific. But at least he showed the ability to adapt and try something new right. in-game. So yeah. I appreciated that from Nagy. I think Nagy, you're, uh, you, the comparison to the Detroit Lions is very right, too. That this could be a lame duck situation. This could be very, like, volatile. They, all these guys might be out by the end of next year. Yeah, yeah. If they, if they can't admit that they messed up, and that they need to fix it, then it's going to cause. Because that was that's always you know the downfall of a coaching staff and a team is they refuse to you know change their course until it's too late. You yeah. Know? You know, and then you're hitting that iceberg, and it's like that was that was one. Re yeah, the Chicago's defense was still good this year, but took the, a couple the, of steps back. It was easier to pass on them. Their corners, right? Well, because Hicks got hurt, which didn't help. Um, yeah, Mukamura digressed because he's old. Yeah, he's and, like, you know, he's he's gonna be filing for retirement instead of going to another team. Probably, actually, he'll uh, probably end up with the Denver Broncos because that's where Vangio went. Haha, ha, Clinton Dix did not play as well as Amos did. You know, uh, Eddie Jackson wasn't as dynamic as he was a year ago. But also, goes back to the offense. The offense couldn't stay on the field long enough for, for them to get a break. You know, you get worn out after a while, like game after game after game. If you're always on the field, you're, it's going to beat you down. Yeah. So, and Pagano coming in, you know, trying to implement somewhat of what Fangio did, but not doing a, a full overhaul to his defense, even though his defense is a little bit similar. Comes from that Baltimore uh, kind of defensive style where they prefer a lot of man coverage. Fangio actually is a little bit more mixed of both of zone and man and likes a lot of good matchup zone corners and utilizes the safeties really well. So I think that switch to D coordinator didn't help either. No. Uh, I think that kind of hurt him. Uh, again, you're right. Hicks, we, we both mentioned it. He, he was injured. You know, when everybody's able to just, okay, stop Khalil Mack. Because Floyd, Leonard Floyd had a weird, like, he did not, he's just not progressed as well either. No. And, uh, the, the real question here is, what are they doing free agency? They don't have a lot of money. They're like towards the end of, uh, you know, they're in the 20s as far as cap space. The guy, the teams that, like behind them in cap space are the ones you go, oh my God, they're horrible in cap space. They're right before that. They're like, all right, but what are you going to do? Like, how are you fixing this problem? Right. Oh, ta you know, you're not probably not getting an offensive tackle. Like, no. I also, no first round pick, two second round picks. So draft wise, they have, they're in a weird situation. Cap space wise, they're in a weird situation. You hope Hicks comes back; he's healthy. He's another guy they could cut if they didn't believe in him or restructure his salary. Yeah, I, I think they're going to get rid of Trevathan. To be honest, well, he's already walking in free agency. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's uh again, you're losing pieces to this defense that brought you to the playoffs that made people think you were a Super Bowl contender. So if you're not able to to retool and fix that up, 
you, you got to find some other replacements. Good thing is good defensive line free agency time. Like there's a lot of guys who are going to, you know, you're going to get discounts on some guys, right? Right. Um, I don't think they're going to get like somebody big like an, an Armistead or a Chris Jones, who at least one of those two guys are probably going to be franchise tagged. But they might get somebody along the lines of maybe they get Sue on a cheap deal. If he wants to go there, you know. Well, if they say, you know, again, it comes down to A, money, and B, opportunity. And, you know, he might go, you know, we saw Sue both years kind of wait it out and be like, I'm going to go to the place I feel most comfortable. I feel like I have a shot. You're right. If You, you might not want to go there, yeah. given that Chicago. Although, there, you know, if you get business ties out of it, that's another thing that he's been very big on is if he can get some kind of business aspect out of it, he but might do it. He's also in nice weather with no state taxes right now. Which yeah, like he probably want to return to a Florida team yeah. or a Cali team or a New York team, places where you, where you feel he can get a lot of business or good weather, a lot of money. I, like you said, the, the tax situation in Florida is really good. So even if you went to another Florida team, he might want to do that. Although he's running out of Florida teams. He's basically yeah, he's got only one left. Yeah, he's got to either stay on Tampa Bay or go to Jacksonville. I don't think he wants to go back to Miami. Um, uh, going forward, it's going to be weird. Also, their corner situation, getting rid of Amukamara. Uh, you're hopefully going to find people who fit what Pagana wants to do. Right. Uh, he's been more in the past, very man-heavy. Fuller played well last year. He, didn't, he wasn't that bad. Uh, but they're not going to have the money for like a Garrett Bradbury or uh, – uh, What's his name from Carolina? Bradbury from Carolina. Yeah, they're not going to have the money for him. And he also fit more of what actually what, what Fangio ran a yeah. lot of the time. A lot more uh, more zone-heavy concepts. Uh, they might have to take a lot of... Now, they, maybe a Morris Claiborne, guy who's kind of yeah. like older, but an opportunity because, hey, okay, he played pretty well in man coverage. Uh, it depends. It depends on how they're going to go ahead and run this scheme. If they're going to adapt more, if they're going to try to go stick to a more zone-heavy scheme again. Uh, maybe some mix and match. It's again, it comes down to that D line because that was the the front force of that that defense that that uh, that defense was that defensive line was just scary. I could see them maybe because Tony Jefferson just got cut by Baltimore. They could probably pick him up at safety, get rid of Dix for you know have Jefferson on a cheaper contract. Yeah, and he's also a free uh, he's a free agent too. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, also, two different safety spots. Uh, Tony Jefferson was more of a strong safety. Uh, whereas Haha ha was more of a, a free safety player. Who was not good in coverage, but good in the box. Yeah, but also it comes down to how you want, you know, if you're playing a lot more uh, uh, cover two or two high man, you might get away with it more because uh, uh, Jefferson played a lot of in a, a two uh, cover two system uh, when he was in Baltimore and two man system in Baltimore. This year they, they changed it up a lot. But in previous years, he seemed to fit those kind of schemes very well. So it depends on what they're doing going forward. Pagano kind of leaned towards the the, the two man system when he was in Indianapolis. They don't they don't have a first round pick. They do have a second round pick. They could you could still get a really good corner. In, this is going to be a good draft for corner. Yeah, but it's it's also so loaded with uh, there's six quarterbacks that could be taken in the first two rounds. Maybe nine wide receivers. Uh, there's four offensive linemen that are definitely going to go in the first round, barring injury or something. So it's like there's st you're still going to get a good corner. You're not going to get Akuda or um, you know like Fulton. You're probably not getting unless mm -mm. you're trading up. You might Delpit, get a you're not going to get Delpit. In the yeah, you're not getting that strong safety. That actually he's great at free safety, but you're not getting that kind of a safety. Um, you might well, second round you might get an Xavier McKinney if he falls out of the first round. Um, there's a, a corner Jeff Gladney. A good pickup. Um, there's Arnett, who has a couple of uh, red flag, you know, off the field. I don't know if it's red flag. I don't. You might want to say orange flag. I don't. I don't personally know the, who's, the deal. Who's the one from Florida? UF. That's uh, out. He's like considered the third best one. Is that Gladney or is that? Uh, it might be Gladney. Because Gladney's good. Um, and he's he's gonna he's probably the third best corner. Uh, if you want, if you're going for a strictly man corner, you can go with Henderson. Uh, again, Fulton's going to be good, but Fulton, you're probably not getting him. There's going to be a corner that probably falls to that second round range where they can get him and probably get some real production out of the guy. Again, that's, uh, that's probably where I would go with it. Uh, if you're looking to fix offensive line, there's going to be a lot of interesting offensive linemen in this draft. Outside, you're talking about the top four guys. There's guys like Niang, uh, who was coming out. Is that the one that's out? There's Prince uh, Tango Wahoo out of uh, Tango. I, I can't pronounce that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, you're close. Prince though. Tango something. Uh, Foxtrot. He, uh, I think he's the one that's coming out of Auburn. There's uh, two guys coming out of Auburn who are good. Thomas. 
Thomas. I don't think they're going to get Thomas. No, Andrew Thomas he's... is going to be going the first round. He's actually, I think personally, he's my second favorite. Him and Wills. Tedrick um, Wills is the best. Yeah. Makai Becton has so much potential, but he also has the biggest floor, I feel like, too. Yeah, because, yeah, oh, my God, he looks like a giant bear. But the problem is he doesn't take a lot of pro pass sets. Uh, and then there's uh, Wirfs out of uh, Iowa. Yeah, Tristan who, Wirfs. Who I think might, you know, he. I think if you played him at guard, he's an all-pro guard. I think, atta- I think you got to try him at tackle and see what you can get out of him because he's played well in college. He had some problems holding up to some uh, rushers. But I think he's also another big one. I think if you played a, a guard, you'd automatically be getting an all-pro guard, though. I just think... Like a Zach Martin type. This is what kills me about Chicago. And, like, if you're a Bears fan, I'm sorry. I don't have anything against the team. I really don't. But it's like, if you look at the positions that are the scariest, it's quarterback, offensive line, defensive back. And it's like, those are three of the top five most important, if not the most important that you need. Yeah. And it's like, how do you fix it in the draft? They don't have a first-round pick. Free agency, they don't have a lot of cap space. It's just – and it's it's a scary situation to be in. And it's I it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they try to do, whether if they try to trade some people, pick up some people, if they – you know, like if you get a bleach report notification saying they released someone and it shocks the hell out of you, like I would not be surprised. But uh, they got a lot of work to do, and you know, it's it's not a lot to work with to fix it. You know. Yeah, I mean? I mean, they do have a couple of more guys they could release if they wanted to free up some space. They got Leonard Floyd, and they have Cordero Patterson. They should get rid of Trey Burton, if I'm being honest. That's a big his, con- his contract's still a little. I think it's got too much guarantee oh, on my it. Goodness. Um, or it might be the um. It's also, you know, signing bonus. He was only signed last year, so he probably has some money still left in the signing bonus as well. I don't know if, if anybody would need him in a trade, but he's he's just yeah. You have to find a team wanting to buy. Yeah, him. they're paying, that's a hard one to do. They're, they're, I mean, you could his agent could always be like, oh well, it's Trubisky throwing to him, you know. But it's always like there's, I don't know. They're they're paying him a lot of money to do a whole lot of nothing. He's been injured a lot too, and that's the thing is somebody buying into that. Either you you might want to have to do like a almost kind of like that uh, what the a couple of teams have done last year with Miami where you're basically doing a cap dump and you're paying up in like picks so maybe trade him to a team that's willing to take on the contract and say okay like you're going to still take a little bit of a hit but we're you're losing out on the guaranteed money but it still has to be a team that's somewhat interested in that and again you're you're giving up more caps you're giving up more picks which is not what they need to do they need more picks they that, also yeah. need to fill out this roster this was the big worry with the Khalil Mack trade is you got rid of two first round picks you're not refilling the roster up a lot so i think cornerback they might be able to fix in free agency there's a lot of guys at corner I don't think they're going to get any of like the major pass rushers. It's going to be a few D tackles they might be able to grab. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. Like they don't have the money for that. Yeah, this is going to be a team that they're going to have to try and do like free agent budget style. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, we got to find some dudes. You know, kind of turn over the. You know, oh, you know, maybe a Jabal Sheard, but Jabal Sheard's going to be expensive too. A lot of guys are going to be tough to get this year, and they also have to convince them to want to play for Chicago. Because again, this is free agency. This isn't the draft. They're not going to be able to just wander in and be like, hey, we want you, sir. Oh yeah, especially yeah, because the the head coach is he, you know, he said some things at the podium that rub people the wrong way. But it's like, do you have an identity? And like, what is it? Because Trubisky isn't working out. The running game took way too long to get going. It's like, do you really want to stick to Trubisky? Are you a tough defensive team with a power running game that that isn't working? Or it, it's like I don't know which way they're trying to go. They need an identity. They need an identity on defense and on offense. It looked like, you know, Matt Nagy's good at scheming up plays. He's very good at scheming things up in the beginning. But, like, again, this all comes back to Trubisky at the end. Like, for the offense, it comes back to Trubisky and Nagy willing to really go ahead and make a commitment or find a way to work around him. I, I don't get... think it's Nagy. I think it's Pace because if you look, Nagy... Well, yes, Pace has probably been the biggest uh, dunderhead of the whole lot. Yeah, because Nagy has pulled him for, for an injury. Yeah. And, and benched him for an injury. Like, if you're starting Chase Daniel, that, that's kind of letting you know, like, where you're at on the Mitchell Trubisky He's train. another one going in free agency, too. Well, I mean, I mean it, clearly because they're going to probably look for another quarterback who's going to be yeah, a little bit more potential at being a starter. That's like saying Blaine Gabbard's leaving. You know, it, it's not a big loss. I think Blaine Gabbard is leaving Tampa, too. That's, yeah, a, that's a whole other episode. But, uh, yeah, so I, Chicago, get your shit together. That's kind of basically where we're at. They're... they're 
I think uh, I think it's time we move on from Chicago. Sorry, Bears fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not hating on your team. I like a lot of the players. I'm yeah, just being it's, real. It's a very interestingly talented team. I like a lot of guys on it too. It's just uh, it's I, losing Fangio didn't help either. I, no. I think that he was he was a good portion. Why well, I, I think he was the reason why Eddie Jackson had that great year. Yeah, he's a lot of it was a big. A lot of a lot of things went went so well for that defense, and it's just I, I like Bear fans. They're some of my favorite in the NFL, so I, I do yeah, feel they, bad for them. They're they're very loyal. They're they're kind of nice fans. Like I've never dealt. Like I think uh, I I think they're definitely in the top half of the league in fandom. Yeah, and they're I don't know, but they'll talk football too. They'll like they'll talk legit football with you too. So that's what I love about Bears fans. So I feel bad for like saying mean things about the team, but I'm just being real. Here's a team I don't have a problem saying mean things about. Actually, I don't know if I really have a problem saying mean things about them. But we're going to move south. We're going to go warmer. We're going to Arizona, everybody. Yeah. All 17 of their fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they all live in Arizona. So at least they're like, well, all right, it's hot. So there's that. I should wash my mouth because I moved to Phoenix this summer. They might my, they might jump me. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, oh, I heard you did that podcast <laughs> with that guy from Jersey. I'm doing an Anthony Quinn voice. You remember him from the podcast a while ago. But uh, this is a team that has a lot of interesting players. It's uh, you know Cardinals. They got Kyler Murray, right? They this is I think the one thing I liked about them, right? That they saw that their team was not going in a good direction last year, and they said, "All right, we're going to retool everything." They they went ahead and they went big, right? They went for the college coordinator, now going to be a NFL head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. They got rid of their quarterback who they drafted in the first round a year before, and they got Kyler Murray who. Honestly, I liked what I saw from Kyler Murray this year. No, I was I was a big fan. He should not have been offensive rookie of the year like he was awarded, but he was very good. Yeah, that that that's a whole other yeah. issue. I, I, I just those, had to throw those that awards out there. are just horrible. Yeah. They, they never get anything right. Like like head coach of the year should always be almost Bill Belichick or Andy Reid right. or I mean Harbaugh wasn't a bad one. That was a good one. Lamar wasn't a bad MVP. Michael Thomas wasn't a bad you know offensive player. It was just I don't know I I there was at least two other rookies I think deserved it more than Kyler, but because he was the first overall pick and a quarterback, you know that you got a lot of things you know that give you an advantage. Yeah. Winning it, so so again, Kyler showed the athleticism a lot. Honestly, made that O line look a little bit better because he, of the off- showed athletic- confidence a lot yes. too. Well, honestly, I think the biggest problem with that offense wasn't Kyler. It was well, a it was the O line. B I think part of it. There's things I liked about Cliff Kingsbury, and there's things I didn't like. And he never really let it go. He never said, all right, just throw the ball deep. Because, like, dude, when Kyler had to throw a deep ball, it was, like, amazing. He's got an arm. He's got an arm. He's got a very accurate arm. He's got great arm strength. He, you know, he has no problem throwing on the move. I mean, like, if he had a better O-line, if he had a a little bit different of a – even, like, and he fits the scheme really well. They did a lot of – you know, short passes, a lot of like horizontal outs. They it was it was a horizontal passing game, right? And uh, there's good and bad to that, right? If it's strictly horizontal, you're not pushing it down the field. Well, no, that's that like West Coast Bill Walsh style offense. You know, like it, it had some of those elements. They they were I the things I liked that that Kingsbury did right. He had the he did a lot of four wide sometimes. He mixed it up so much. He would do two tight ends. They used ten personnel more than any team in the NFL this year. Yeah, which that, that means. One running back, zero tight ends for, for people who don't know. Yeah, and like again, that that made the the four wide receiver set kind of spreads out the defense, and it did. I, it worked for a bit, and then they they tweaked it. They would change it up like three or four weeks in. One of uh, that's something that you don't like. A lot of teams like you see this, especially with like the Rams, where they stick with the same personnel and they're like doing eleven personnel, like the whole game. You get a lot of teams that stick to a certain personnel group, and they just love it. And they, because, and I get it. Like sometimes teams like doing that. You heard this was uh, Zach Taylor of the Bengals last year, which might be why they didn't do great last year. Was they just kept on running eleven personnel all the time, and if it, it's not working. Yeah, especially when, if you have a bad offensive line, you you can't run too much from eleven, which both the Rams and the Bengals did. You have yeah. to switch to more like twenty-one, you know, or or even twelve. Yeah, and you know they you either utilizing the when this situation right, you didn't have a lot of pass blockers from the the tight ends, but because everybody's so spread out, you had to worry about them being able to throw to you know, first off Kenyon Drake that right. tray last year, huge pickup, and he ended up looking amazing. It's like he, everybody saw that and they went, "What was going on in Miami, man?" Like, well, that he, that was he is one of many people. That improved after the departure of Adam Gase. Oh yeah, Ju- uh, Devontae Jar- Parker, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, um, Gasecki, 
um, or just a couple, a bunch of people played so much better when they weren't attached to Adam Gase. Yes. So. This is a team that drafted a lot of uh, receivers last year. And we saw Andy Isabella get a little bit of play, right? Uh, Which, it never made sense to me because he just did not fit it. I don't think he fits this game very well. He fit, he'd be better in like a... Well, they run a lot of two slots. So we saw Christian Kirk play well last year, right? Finally. And uh, we saw Larry Fitzgerald be Larry Fitzgerald, still good at what he's doing, kind of like almost like a, a slim tight end but good receiver guy. He's more there too for like locker room because yeah. this is such a young team and with a new head coach that's never coached in the NFL. So he's there... He, he's kind of there to just be like the uncle to everybody. Yeah. You know, that, and they need that. So I, I like what I saw from some of the receivers. Andy Isabella, we didn't really see much of. When he finally got to go down the field, when he wasn't being pressed, when they were running that four wide or he, you know, he was running out of the slot and he's not getting – he has a – the problem with Andy Isabella is he really can't hold up when he's being pressed, which, I mean, you're in the NFL. It's going to happen a bunch. Yeah. So he can't play outside, right? He's not really that quick slot receiver like, uh, like a Jarvis Landry where he's going to be running a lot of horizontal routes. Or how like, people thought Beasley. Paris Campbell was going to be, or, or even, Beasley. Yeah. yeah, he's more. He's got a very specific role. He's like a deep slot receiver. He, yeah. You got to run him out of the slot. You got to run him like a Ted Ginn kind of guy, or like a small uh, Ted Ginn. or even the dude for um, uh, the Rams, not Cup Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds is a deep slot guy. Yeah. But, so again, like that's you get a lot of like for him. There's very little you can do with him. If, and if you're going to keep doing these, like you're saying, the scheme with horizontal routes all the time, that's not what he does best. He does best going down the field. And they took they took Andy Isabella ahead of quite a few good receivers, too. They took Terry, him over DK. <laughs> DK, Terry McLaurin, um, and a guy who they also drafted in the fourth round, Hakeem Butler, who we didn't see anything of. He no, was he, just MIA. He Well, he went on the injured reserve before the season started. Yeah. He broke his hand, I think. And But he was never designated to return either, right? So that, you know, when you're not getting to see that guy play, um, you know, Christian Kirk, I like what I saw from him, you know, he, and they, you remember Chan Gailey? He's now back with Miami, yeah. everybody, but Co he was with uh, the Jets and he was with Coach uh, the Cowboys for a while. Yeah. He was with the Bills for a little bit too. I'll, I'll, when, when he's done, when he, it kind of reminded me a little bit of his offense, right? Where they had, uh, except they don't have big, like they kind of like Kirk's decent size, Fitzgerald's a, a good size receiver. He would do a lot of the same things that they were doing down in Arizona, where you have these big slot guys. You, you know, you're able to throw the ball and let them get a couple of uh, yards and get a first down. It's I, I, that team. They they needed to get more out of their receivers. I think DK Metcalf would have been an amazing pickup for them instead oh, of Andy Isabella or even Brown. Well, Malcolm Brown was much higher. That was like no, a, no 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 oh, AJ. Oh AJ Brown. Well, I think he was still even higher too. He was like top fifty pick. They took uh, they took this guy like towards the the end of the second round. But you're AJ Brown too, man. He he did great this year. Man, last year's wide receiver class was amazing. The, I think this upcoming one's gonna be good too. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be beautiful. And that, a lot of people have for some reason. So, so since they re-signed Humphreys, their left tackle, yeah, kind of like it was kind of like a pointer to a lot of people. Okay, so we we kind of see them sticking with this O line. They're probably not going to draft an alignment in the first round. A lot of people think they're going to draft another receiver. Yes, like Completely a C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb and Judy are the two I see the most. Yeah, the, that first round spot. Or, okay, so. I think they pick eighth, seventh or eighth. Yeah, they, they pick eighth. They pick ahead of uh, you guys and uh, right before. Is it seventh is Carolina, sixth is the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, Jacksonville. So, yeah, I. I, I get the reasoning behind that. Although, granted, you, you need five starters on the offensive line, I think. Uh, but, he, you know, left tackle, okay, so they don't really need a left tackle. This is, A lot of these tackles in this year's draft play right tackle yeah. as well. Um, and I think a lot of them are going to be switched to guard by the time they get to the NFL anyway. Yeah, Andrew Thomas and Wirfs have a, a very good fit for guard. Um, I still think Andrew Thomas is a good left tackle, though. And I still think... I'm still interested in playing Werfs at guard, uh, tackle before I switch him to guard. That, to me, makes no sense. Like, you got a guy here who could probably play tackle. Try him at tackle. And he's played a lot of right tackle. Wer uh, Wills, I mean, has played exclusively, I think, on the right side. And I think Thomas has played both guard and tackle. I don't remember if he played right tackle. I know he played left tackle while he was at. Uh, but either way. So we got a bunch of these tackles in there. They could still take a guard or a tackle. But you're right. There's also been that connection of CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, uh you know, if they trade down or they get somebody in the second round, they can get maybe. I know Ruggs is later in the first, probably. Uh, you know, second round. 
I honestly think T. Higgins might fall the second round. He fits very much the Larry Fitzgerald role. T. Higgins, uh, Brandon Ayuk, they might take. Yes. He's, he's so explosive. Um, with the routes that they have, you don't have to be a pristine route runner to fit that system, which is why somebody like Higgins and, and you know, um, Ayuk would be good. CeeDee Lamb, uh, there's a lot of questions about his speed because so much of his stuff was either shallow or crossing routes, not a lot of deep stuff. Yeah. So people want to really see him at the combine to see how he runs, things like that. Um, uh, Jerry Judy has been the number one receiver in this draft class for the last two years. And unless he, although people have been putting C.D. Lamb ahead of him, I think I think what Lam, I think it's close. Judy, they're just so different. Yeah, I think what Judy has, I can trust more the speed and the route running. I mean, C.D. Lamb's still a good route runner, like, and just his ability to get off the line of scrimmage, he'll just—he's a monster. Yeah, he'll, he will he'll, just shove you. He don't give a fuck. It reminds me of D.K. Metcalf last year. He kind of actually reminds me a lot, and I, I know he's getting a lot of these comps. Is the DeAndre Hopkins comp? He's yeah. not necessarily the burner, but he's gonna he'll outmuscle you. He'll get he'll shove you. He'll he'll get open. Yeah. Too. And so, then, uh, Jerry Judy he gets a lot of like Sammy Watkins at Clemson comparisons. Mm -hmm. Not Sammy Watkins in the pros, but like he's just he's good man. He's fat. well, he's in that same phylum of receiver of like Amari Cooper, uh, Calvin Ridley. They like that the the good route runner, but also fast, especially yeah. with with Cooper uh, you know he might not have I, I kind of am curious to see what just because I mentioned Ridley and Cooper what his uh what his uh his vertical is going to be not because I actually care but because I feel like it's going to be made like made a big deal about but he's going to get those comps as well but and because he's from Alabama yeah um so yeah this is a team that offensively probably still need to build up you know they're losing a couple of tackles they're losing Marcus Gilbert um, who they traded from the the Penn, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for he plays right tackle. He didn't really play much last year either. He was Sweezy. injured. Sweezy, uh, he's actually, old though, man. Yeah, Sweezy. Honestly, I think Sweezy's the one they can get, just get rid of at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, they still have Pew, who's on a, a, a easy to afford contract. AQ Shipley's walking. I love Shipley though. Yeah, I just don't see them keeping him. I, you know, again, like if you can find a center, this is, you know, it's a good draft for a second round center. It's not like there's not a top end center, but there's a lot of interesting guys. So if you're yeah. looking to grab a guy in the second round, like a Ruiz, uh, like a Cushionberry, guys who you know are solid guys who can probably start uh, year one. And they're probably going to be there in the second round when you draft. I think those guys are interesting to go ahead and grab. Because, uh, again, Shipley's getting older. I know they had Mason Cole. Played okay. But I don't I don't know if I even saw him play this year. I saw him play a lot more last year. Uh, it's going to be, for them, again, they still need to fix that O-line. But, but I think the way they look at it is the Russell Wilson scenario, right? Yeah. This is why you have a mobile quarterback. So they might not care about fixing the O-line. They might say, listen, we think our biggest problems are offense and defense, or our receiver and then defense. Get a guy who can maybe get on the outside and work from the slot as well, like a Jerry Judy or a CeeDee Lamb, because CeeDee Lamb could play anywhere along the, you know, uh, any part of the receiver formation, X, Y, Z. You know, you, you probably could, you know, you play him out of the slot, you get him a free release. He's playing X, you know, we saw it with uh, DK Metcalf. He's probably like a slower DK Metcalf in that regard, with more vertical and more like horizontal ability. Right. And if you watch Kyler play too, like uh, he's, he'll just fall down or slide before the defender gets to him. So he yeah. doesn't have to take that hit, like, which is, it's not like Russell who. Also built in chemistry. Which yeah. I think it's uh you know might be a little underrated, might be a little overrated too sometimes. But that built-in chemistry with Ceedee Lamb, you know, he played with him at uh, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that might be another aspect to it that I think might get him a little bit of a boost. Uh, they also their defense played a bit better towards the end of the year. They you know, they you know when they got Patrick Peterson back, they were able to kind of like slide a little bit of coverage over to Byron Murphy. I'm still not a huge Vance Joseph fan. I think he's kind of he's kind of falling off when he doesn't have that kind of uh, yeah. Chandler Jones is still Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chandler Jones, oh my God, man. He's just still consistently getting underrated for like being a, a great pass rusher. Probably because he's been on the team he's been on. Yeah. Doesn't have that and doesn't have that other person going ahead and taking away uh attention from him on that team. Uh Hassan Reddick is a guy who I want to see like if he's gonna take that step forward, or they're gonna get rid of him. They were talking about trading him last year. He was drafting the first round a few years ago while uh, Arians was there. Uh Played okay at linebacker. Sometimes they've stuck him at edge. Uh, I don't know if he really fits Vance Joseph's scheme or system. It's, 
I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Vance Joseph in the last few years. Maybe the second year in the scheme and the system helps out everybody. He does prefer those man corners. Um, maybe they get a guy like coming off of a late stage part of his career, like a Chris Harris, uh, who could play really well in the slot. And then again, like when you're able to to Chris have, Harris is going to cost a lot of money. We'll see. You know, I know he turned down 12 million last year, but sometimes when you hit the free agent market, you go, okay, maybe this isn't the best situation. Logan here. Ryan's a free agent. Logan Ryan. It's also a very deep corner dra- uh, corner yeah. free agent class. Yeah. So maybe they grab a guy like him. We talked about a couple of the corners in the draft already. Uh, again, the, this team's major needs have been mostly. Oh, and then forget about the needs. David Johnson, that guy. Like, you know, they talk about, yeah, like, you know, is it still the injury thing? Did he get injured again? People were talking about him being injured last year. This is why you probably don't overpay running backs and give them a lot of guaranteed money. Um, you know, he made it to, like, that's why Kenyon Drake's been such a big, you know, find for them, right? And then now there's talk about them franchise tagging Kenyon Drake to keep him, which is kind of an interesting concept. You have this guy who, you know, you traded for, you already overpaid one running back, and now you're going to pay another one. Yeah, and they still have Chase Edmonds on the team, who, in spurts, was very good last year. Yeah, so now you got, uh, now you're gonna have three running backs that are all very good pass catchers, all very good in that scheme and system, uh, except for David Johnson towards the end of the year, which was kind of hard to see. Is he gonna bounce back? Are they just done with him? Are they gonna trade him somewhere? There's been questions as to whether Tampa Bay is gonna be willing to trade and get him. Oh, because of the Arians connection. Yeah, and he, you know, he did get some usage out of him. They do kind of have a weird running back situation. They're losing Peyton Barber. Ronald they have Jones Ronald Jones. Sucks. You know, he's a good runner, but he can't catch. And if you wanna, or see, you know, like there's such a good, like there's such a benefit to having a running back who can catch out of the backfield. Who's the other one they have? Angunga Wale or whatever. Oh yeah, and that was the guy who they were playing at, uh, at, uh, on their third downs, uh, catching out of the backfield. So that's a team that might be interested in shopping for a running back, but a lot of his money is also guaranteed, so they can't even cut him. And it's a lot of money. Yeah. So David Johnson's probably the the, the guy who is kind of like the the, the the hook around the neck, and you're just kind of getting dragged down by him at this point. Uh, unless, you know, he bounces back next year, in which case you have two good pass-catching running backs. Maybe they could figure out a way to utilize these guys. Yeah. Uh, they have a decent amount of money in cap space, you know, $50 million. You got to be careful about how you're utilizing that money. You know, again, are they going to sign other people? Uh, you know, are they going to sign another offensive lineman? Uh, you know, are they going to re-sign? doesn't sound like they're going to re-sign Gilbert. So maybe are they going to try and fix the right tackle situation? Maybe get a Conklin, who I don't think really fits their, their offensive scheme. No. Maybe a Bulaga. If you're looking at the older end of the the right tackle spectrum, those are the guys that you can look at as like Bulaga and Conklin. Uh, a couple of guys in this draft I don't think are going to be able to play right away at right tackle. You know, Josh Jones. Uh, we were talking before about Lucas Nyang. Uh, Prince Tego, I was saying before. The uh, there's also uh, Jeff Wilson out of uh, Auburn, another guy that's a, a good pickup uh, in the draft, might be there at some point. It, and again, this is a team that Patrick Peterson's getting old, and he's not taking his fucking PEDs no more either. Yeah, you might see that drop off without the steroids. Um, so you know, are they going to look to maybe move him? He's got a kind of a light contract. If they want to trade or cut him, he might be objectionable to even playing. Like we talked, you know, we've heard holdouts for the last three years about the guy. So you know, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play. I'm going to hold out. Blah blah blah. And then ends up playing, ends up playing decently well last year. You know, but again, you know, when you're coming off the PEDs, is this going to be a thing like, oh, we have, you know, if we pay him this year, is it going to be an Xavier Rhodes situation where you have a guy who's like a star corner? Built like a brick shit house, but then just takes a dive off. Yeah, they lose their speed. They lose, you know, the hip movement that they used to have, and it's especially he's built a lot like Xavier Rhodes. So if the, if you saw the drop off from that guy, you're looking at this guy. You're kind of going like oh, you eh. fell off a cliff. You're built, you're paying a guy to be a lockdown corner, but instead you're getting a liability, you know. And he doesn't have the size to move to safety. Um, and like I was talking before about the the tight end situation. There's like. They, they like using the tight ends sometimes. Like, they had Charles Clay. Uh, Max Williams is a free agent. Are they going to re-sign him? Maybe go for a bigger name free agent, like maybe a Hunter Henry or an Austin Hooper from uh, from uh, Atlanta. Who that, That's the one that sounds like he's going to be an actual free agent. If you're getting a guy like that who, again, kind of can make, you, make it helpful to mix up the scheme a little bit, 
you, you might again I, I the one thing i liked about cliff kingsbury he didn't seem dedicated to doing one thing all the time no uh, once he realized that he needed to change things up he made adjustments he tried to stay it was so weird because it was that system was supposed to be this new thing in the nfl like and it's supposed to be like have ingenuity and things like that but he still kept it very conservative for what it was yes so you know and that's part of it is because it is new and you have very young players mainly the quarterback and, and skill players so it's like everybody's trying to learn it as he's trying to learn and once he saw you know the the downfalls of it he started making adjustments while still keeping the same like system in place for you know i i was impressed with what he did because i was not a big believer of him when he came to the nfl no neither was i I mean, I think I made comments about it last year. And initially, it looked like it was going to be a train wreck. Their first couple weeks, it did not. I mean, they, they managed to keep up with the Lions initially, but, like, I didn't really believe in the Lions back then either. No. So They did they did look good in the second half against Baltimore. Yeah. I, they held up against the San Francisco 49ers twice. Twice, yeah. Like, that that was impressive. There's things I saw about this team were impressive. They, uh, I kind of want to see what goes forward with it. If people are going to start figuring them out, if they're even going to be able to figure them out, if they're going to figure themselves out, they're going to figure out, like, this is what we need, we're going to fix this, and we're going to keep going forward. Well, the year two for a quarterback is always the most analyzed. Yeah, well, because either they get the tape on you and they figure out your tendencies, which does happen, especially for, you know, if the uh, athletic quarterbacks who they think that the athletic quarterback has like a weakness they'll go after that more in the second year because now you get to look at the tape on the other end now you have a year in the nfl you have chemistry you have time in the system especially here with uh, kyler murray in arizona time in the system is used to being in the nfl used to getting hit used to kind of like all right reading some of these coverages i again i'm actually kind of excited to see what happens with kyler murray next year i think fantasy wise he's going to be a guy who everybody's going to start targeting that's going to be like the lamar jackson last year yeah. kind of deal i really started targeting him late like later in the the drafts in the fantasy world so i think he's the one that's like it's gonna be interesting let's see what happens here fantasy wise for him but uh, Cardinals, Cardinals and Bears, man, interesting two teams, different reasons. Kind of one looks right. like the trajectory is going up, and the other one's looking down. And even if it's not necessarily going up, you can tell that they're intent, they're doing things to, and that their intentions are for it to go up. Yes. Whereas one team, it's like our trajectory is to get to the playoffs, or our intentions are to get to the playoffs, but everything around doesn't say that. You know, the Cardinals, they're they're not necessarily on a rebuild. They're they they have an identity mm -hmm. on on both sides. They just need some things on both sides. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust it. They have money. They have good draft picks. Whatever they do with that. So it's just now they're just improving their identity, which is it's a good sign. So if you're a Cardinals fan, I'm not saying you should be super excited. Like I wouldn't expect to make it to the playoffs this year or anything, but I would see you know especially in that division. But I would see. I would be expecting to see, you know, maybe like uh, at least an eight-win season. Possibly, I could, I could definitely see that with Arizona. Oh, I could see them. I could see them being runners for like a wild card. Uh, you know, because they weren't. You know, they were they. They weren't bad last year. Getting to eight and eight is probably relatively easy. And then yeah, NFC is maybe the harder conference to get into the wild card, though. There's just so many good teams, especially the NFC West. When you know. Yeah, yeah. Your division has the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, the 49ers and their macho, macho defense. Just insane. And do not forget about the Rams, man. Like Rams might take a you know return back to I, – I, I have questions about the Rams, though, man. I really do. Oh, I have a lot of questions about them. But I'm just saying, you know, they're not a walk in the park for anybody either. No, and they, and they showed. like they, And I will say this. McVay showed a, an ability to kind of bounce back last year. But uh, again, is uh, I I'm very interested in these two teams. But and one thing I I did forget, Keyshawn Johnson was one guy we forgot to bring up who I was very impressed with. On yes, another one of the receivers they drafted last year. But also another thing too, when you get these coaches that come from college, and you know Kings, Kingsbury didn't necessarily light it up. He's not the the name on everybody's tongue right now. Yeah. But he is. He had success. Whenever anybody comes from college with a system from college, other coaches go to the college coaches saying hey what did you do to defend against this guy yeah you know so they're probably talking to, to these big because they're going to do the same thing for lamar i bet you you know Belichick i think we've seen enough i've seen we think we've seen a lot of people defending from lamar so that's the thing i think the fact that we haven't seen an extreme amount of success for the the cardinals 
I think they're going to be slept on a bit. Yeah. Compared to Baltimore, which everybody's probably going, all right, how do we stop them? Because we got to stop this juggernaut. Yeah, I bet you every head coach in the AFC North is down there talking to Dabo Sweeney right now. Like, how do you defend against this? To all these ACC coaches where that system's prevalent. And, um, you know, so now it's going to be, okay, Harbaugh, you adjusted for Lamar once. What are you going to do this time? Because if you stick with the same guns and those guns start getting snuffed out, then. Yeah. So, again, this it's going to be interesting to see if anybody adapts to what they're doing. And the one thing I liked about Cliff Kingsbury, he didn't seem dedicated to, like, a specific, like a specific thing. It was mostly horizontal passing. but To supplant, ha- like, a run game kind of, too. Yeah, but then they ended up getting good run games out of him. I mean, that, that Chase Edmonds game and the Kenyon Drake game against uh, San Francisco, that was bananas, Or man. when Chase Edmonds ran for three against the Giants. Yeah. But one thing, speaking of their run game, one thing a lot of people knock on him for was they want to see Kyler run more. Yeah. Because he's so good at it. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's like you really have to, you know, mitigate risk. You know, do do the be- potential benefits outweigh, you know, the risk? Because he's small. He says he's yeah. 5'10", but I, he looks more like 5'8". We actually – he's in the office right now. <laughs> I have him he's hiding right here. In, yeah. yeah. He, he can't actually make it up to the camera height. So he's he's small, and like, like we already said, he slides or he runs out of bounds now to avoid hits. It's like, would you rather this guy pick up a first down or would you rather him, you know, miss three games? You know, like let's – let's let's. Yeah. No, it makes sense to not overrun him. And, and – you know, we see it with Russell Wilson. They don't have to overrun Russell Wilson for him to be useful as a runner. Russell Wilson's so much stockier than him, though. Too. Same thing True, with Lamar. Yeah. Lamar, like Lamar's neck is big. You know, Kyler's. I don't know. Tiny. I think he's the one out of those three. If I'm thinking one of those guys is going to get injured sooner rather than later, it is Lamar, though. Well, because he, he does take the most. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. It doesn't matter how big you are. You saw with Cam Newton. Eventually, he wears down. Eventually, these guys that take the hits wear down. Yeah, because it's an if, not win situation when when it comes to the NFL about when your body can't take the hit or has to like succumb to a hit you know it it happens to everyone it's undefeated but you know yeah so again both these teams very interesting to see where they're going uh thanks for coming on again and i I love having them on here uh again we needed the the beautiful face back from the from the the draft vice uh the hall of fame so uh if you want you follow shane at uh the t-h-e-e underscore shane underscore mcm you can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. You can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. Uh, if you want, you know, you can like the the podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, you subscribe. Go find where it is on the iTunes or the Stitcher or whatever else you use, the Spotify. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, guess what? We also have a YouTube page. So you can go find it on there. Share it. Like it. Leave a review. Leave a comment, too, if you want. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to pee.